All right, welcome to another episode of the Speed Change Repeat podcast today with Ralph Blusa. Hi, Ralph. Hello, hi. Well, thanks for being on the show. Um, as usual, I'm going to give the stage to you to uh, yeah, introduce yourself, mm. kind of tell us who you are, where you come from, uh, what you have done previously. And, um, and because you've done quite a lot, don't, don't leave out some <laughs> details. So keep it interesting because you've done a lot of cool stuff. So uh, I'm actually really looking forward to that. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. So yes, my, my name is Ralph Belusa. Um, I'm originally from Munich and uh, currently I'm managing director at Hapagloid, um, the container company moving containers from A to B in global uh, around the globe. And there I'm managing director and responsible for the digital business and for the transformation. Um, I will, can explain that also afterwards. And besides that, I'm on the supervisory board of Phoenix Pharma. That's a large uh, wholesale uh, pharmaceutical distributor with pharmacies and so on. Um, and uh, also a very large company with nearly uh, 40,000 employees on that side. Before that, I studied uh, a couple of uh, different things from uh, micro and nanotechnologies, master and then a master of systems engineering. Um, then I've done my PhD in uh, surgery, experimental surgery, so also worked in a hospital. Um, I founded uh, a couple of startups, sometimes successful, sometimes not successful on the different things. So always being on business reinvention uh, in different multiple industries. Yeah, and I'm quite looking forward to our session today. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, so as I said, right, and you already mentioned that, you've done really a lot of stuff. And uh, what I actually just found out, I, I, I actually overlooked that when, when I was um, I was looking at your LinkedIn, that you did a, <laughs> a, a PhD in, in, <laughs> in surgery <laughs> medicine technology. So how come... That you that you started that. So tell me a little bit about that because that's actually quite interesting. If you if you compare if you compare that field to what you're doing today, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so from from my point of view, it's always interesting that uh, being uh, a bit ahead of the time, uh, using the existing technologies, using the existing knowledge, and really applied it to business or to to help uh, industries uh, moving forward. And that's why. Um, I started uh, after the, the couple of studies with micro nanotechnologies, also in the medical field, because I saw there I can have also an impact with uh, machine learning on, on cell research and on human body research. Uh, and that was also super interesting for me to combine these both fields of surgery and uh, medicine. On the other side, the technology with databases and machine learning uh, to combine that with the current state of technologies uh, and so that's that's in my life uh, all the time from decoding, recoding, and and business reinvention all the time in the different fields. And now over the last 20 years, it comes more and more together from the different industries to combine that and learn that what I can learn from medicine and applying that to uh, shipping logistics, what I've learned in sales and marketing in e-commerce and applied that with technology also then in other industries in the pharmaceutical area. So that's uh, combining the different uh, perspectives here. Right. So you, you also had, you also, as you said, started a couple of ventures and um, 
let's maybe start with the first time that you found the company where did you started so maybe tell us some of you know the biggest learnings during that time and and or in general kind of like you know you know sum up this your your entrepreneurial journeys that you that you had in europe yeah yeah so, so my first company i started with 16 um but over the years uh, a couple of learning starting companies in interest, interesting industries with interesting partners and friends uh, to solve problems, to find customers, um, and to apply the, the, the modern way of, of technologies or marketing or sales uh, technologies to, to really um, uh, have an impact with the different kinds of um, customers. Um, founded some stuff in the marketing area for marketing technologies, but also with um, I was part in a blood diagnostics company or in a uh, space technology company uh, for building some kind of space telescopes uh, and so on. So, um, and I think my, my biggest learning is really to step into the topics, start with that, learn your stuff, bring your business expertise and knowledge into that. Uh, and, and then you can see like with that build, measure, learn cycle, you build something, you measure it, you learn from that, you build that again better. Uh, and then you can see the, the outcome and sometimes it's uh, fantastic uh, and sometimes it's not fantastic, but that's also good because you learn a lot and then you can share that and share that also in podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, so um, let's, you, you've also, you, you, you mentioned that you are, let's say, on the supervisory board as well at Phoenix Group and now you're also at a, you know, your primary role is as being managing director at Havag Lloyd. And um, you've also had before that, you know, um, various roles in, 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 you know, transfer or let's say where it's really about transforming large, let's say, businesses as well, right? Um, let's let's kind of start with your first, let's say, what what would you say was your first real, um, yeah, kind of experience, but also, yeah, um, or yeah, let's call it experience, and and really, let's say, helping. A large company that with a rich history to um, mm -hmm. yeah, to, mm -hmm. to, to to kind of go on a transformation journey. Yeah, yeah. So so I think that's that it depends always on the company. So if you have a small company, a mid-sized company, or a large corporation, you always need to first uh, do a uh, look, have a look at the company in what stage it is, how the organization is, how the organizational structures are working. Uh, what kind of technologies are they using, uh, what kind of management methods and so on. And depending on that, uh, you can clearly have a strategy how you go into the transformation, into the business reinvention, how you are reinventing the company and bringing them to the, to the future. Um, so some companies needs uh, in the first step, for example, agile working methods because they are still in some waterfall methods or they have the agile methods only in IT, but in the other departments, they think, ah, in other departments, we don't need that agile stuff. Uh, or what kind of management methods are they working with, uh, like um, reinvention frameworks uh, or 90 days or objective and key results. So what kind of management and leadership methods they are working on. And if you know that, then you can tailor that to the specific companies. And uh, as you mentioned, it, um, for some companies, it's important to have some kind of acceleration, incubation, innovation units. But uh, 
on from my point of view, most of the companies, uh, for them, it's quite hard to have an innovation uh, acceleration uh, in their company because it's really disrupting the core business. Uh, and on the other side, it's also important to grow the core business and grow the innovation part. And so there are clever methods to combine that. So if you're mentioning clever methods, right? And as you said, so companies have various tools um, uh, at hand. And uh, then again, there's not a one size uh, fits all, right? There's not a one kind of like a framework that you can use, which, which kind of fits to. Exactly. Well, one, one example for that, a clear example for everybody is um, if you start some incubation unit in your company and you hire new people and the new people um, from other industries and super innovative uh, guys, colleagues working in that innovation unit um, and the board looks at that innovation unit and says, wow, they are doing the cool stuff, the innovation stuff, they have a kicker and uh, a free lunch and whatever. And all the other employees, they have to work on the old shit. And that derives the company in two directions. The ones have to do the, the main business, the old, so bad business, and the other ones are, needs to do the, the innovation, the cool stuff. And so that's, that's putting companies away from each other. Um, and that we have seen in the past, in the past 20 years, uh, a couple of times when this scenario was not working. And so that's why there are some methods uh, where you can do that a bit better integrated. Uh, and then it's also growing. Right. And um, I think that's, uh, that's very, you know, very good that you're mentioning this. And I'm going to obviously ask you to share some of these methods. Um, and your experience kind of with this. Um, but I, I would, you know, comment once more on this because, you know, I think it's, 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 uh, there's a clear example. And we we've talked about this before starting this podcast, you know, that as you said, you know, over the past, past decades, you know, we have seen a lot of initiatives, right. And we've seen every, every large corporate have a, a couple of these, right. You have accelerators, you have incubators, you have a innovation team you have all these different things that somehow you know and, and i think you know that's you you painted the picture quite clearly here you know the difficulty of you know how do you implement something you know that is supposed to deal with things which are not related maybe to the core business you know which is anything related to maybe new business models you know or new new business opportunities or really you know if if you have people that are really in their day-to-day -day jobs right and and have processes and mechanisms that basically are really fine-tuned right which they know by 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 heart right which which they can do with close, closing eyes basically and then mm -hmm. you know you have these people coming in with new methods you know which with new mm -hmm. things which basically pull them out of their comfort zone right and where they need to then handle both right they need to make sure that things are done, right? That the daily business is being done and executed. And at the same time, then, you know, deal with, you know, with this new stuff, right? And like, and I think it's, um, and I had these conversations so many times there, you know, it's, it's literally, it's not about the technologies. It's not about new methods. And it's not about like kind of, you know, all these, all these uh, variables. It's literally about the human, right? It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, you know, how do you get people, you know, on 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 this on this journey because if you cannot get people with you then you know all your activities are kind of failing exactly that's why i'm also um, 
heavily have worked and working on that it's embedded in the company, that's integrated in the company. Um, that's a key uh, cornerstone, a key for success that you have an, this embedded in the company because it's the company. And then everybody needs to be clear on um, impro uh, um, improving the core business. That's the first step. What are you really doing? The, the three most important things of improving your core business. The three most important thing, how you increment uh, your core business. So the incremental innovation, the incremental improvements of your business. And then last but not least, the disruptive uh, innovation, the disruptive uh, actions, what you are doing here. And there you see there are the three fields of core business, incremental business, and disruptive business. And most of the companies think, ah, we need to be disruptive because that's a cool word. Uh, but um, you have to take care of your core and your incremental business. And then you can, if you build on that, you can scale your company like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, right. So how about you share some of these, like you, you said, you know, there's different types of methods, right? That you can, that you can, especially like, you know, if we, if we take this, you know, this example that you shared in terms of, you know, we have a corporate, right, which is, um, you know, maybe not, not maybe, you know, Fortune 100 or whatever, but literally like, a, you know, a company that has, has a long history, you know, um, uh, significant, significant revenue, um, let's say 20,000, 30,000, whatever employees, right? And we have a strong core business that is going, but now all of a sudden we have like this, you know, this new unit, right? We have this new innovation unit. We hire like a couple of new people, which, uh, you know, maybe look different, think different, whatever, <laughs> you know, just have like some people from Berlin or whatever, you know, or Amsterdam and, and they come into our headquarters, right? Uh, and our headquarters is, are not in Berlin or whatever, you know, they're maybe mm -hmm. a, a little bit in a more rural area. So like, how do, how, how do we deal with this, right? Like, how, how can we make sure that, that, we, that we get a desired outcome of this? Yeah, yeah. So, so from my point of view, it's important that you, you start or everybody uh, talks about um, digital transformation or that, that kind of stuff. For me, it's more also the intelligent transformation. You need to take care about the enabling technologies and the innovation. And as you mentioned, that also on the other side, to take care about the people and the organization, that you bring that in the organization. And we uh, at Hapagloid, we started with a core product uh, on the digital side uh, to make it easier for customers to book containers um, and started that uh, with the IT colleagues, building that product and bringing that along. But the next step is really uh, to get transparency over your product and the customer needs. So bringing that into the organization to share that with uh, sales, customer service, with the other departments, this is transparency. So have a clear monthly and 90 days plan. What are you planning this month and the next 90 days in your product development? What kind of product and services are you developing on? And with that transparency, you can invite, therefore, then also more departments like sales, customer service, marketing, putting also and streamlining their activities also on the product development and vice versa. And then you start to integrate the company more and more. You build a product, you build marketing actions out of that, you build sales actions out of that. Um, you learn from that, like that build measure learn cycle. You see business is growing here. 
um, new customer acquisition methods and so on. So you build that like a house and that uh, we have done also, I've done that in the organization, starting with 10 colleagues, then educating and training 100 colleagues with monthly trainings, digital weeks, digital workshops in the different areas of sales, marketing, IT, customer service, and so on. And then spreading that more and more into more regions and all areas around the globe, exactly with that same kind of uh, uh, rhythm monthly and 90 days and so this is like a bit like the train the trainer principle uh, but having therefore a, a super group working together like the digital hundred the digital thousand colleagues working in their special fields um, together uh, on clear um, targets objectives and key results and that's also then yeah some kind of the secret sauce these cross working cross collaboration that positive uh, working here together Right. So if we look, if we look back, right, if we look back at, um, at the past 10 years, right. So, um, I mean, decades, decades, um, started, right. And, and it's been a crazy year, but I mean, if we look, if, if we look back, right. At, at all, you know, all that organizations have tried, right. And there's been a lot of, you know, so many, so many buzzwords, so many, you know, discussions which you know over and over repeated kind of the same thing right we have mm -hmm. different types of initiatives many companies trying the same thing you know um and and kind of you know there's right now there's kind of probably the time where you know this crisis obviously will also be used to kind of reflect on a lot of things right and um so what do you think is is, is going to be what do you think is going to change, right? What do you think um, companies are have realized, you know, in all their endeavors so far? You know, most companies have, you know, either or like established, you know, digital units, you know, or different or all of the different mm -hmm. we've already mentioned, or you know, hired the chief digital officer, you know, or chose a decentralized yeah. approach. What do you believe is, is 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 are those learnings, and what do you think is going to change, maybe, you know, in the approach? Yeah, yeah. So what, what, what I see from my experience and the learnings in 144 countries uh, within the different industries, so of, if it's e-commerce or, or marketing or sales or automotive or shipping and logistics, um, the different industries, what I see is really the, the business focus and therefore is uh, changing and also business focus, the integrated methods um, towards the customer the customer is really in the in the corner um, putting ourselves into the customer shoes that's really important that's changing and also the the business methods the sales methods how we work together accelerating this with uh, enabling technologies like ai machine learning blockchain platforms all that stuff for some of the people it's still oh that's buzzwords and so on but these are not bus buzzwords. You have to integrate that and leverage your organization and your company towards your customer. And so the way how we work, this will really change. The people are motivated. The organizations look different today. We have learning companies, lifelong learning. It's purely or data-driven companies. The leadership and the management uh, approaches are changing from agile, efficiency, the mindset is also transforming. The people are transforming. Um, and uh, we saw there, or I see that there is a lot of change coming. 
And as an organization, as a human, as an employer, uh, employee, um, you have to get into the driver's seat and be active on that uh, and, and steer your career, your business, uh, and work together with positive results with your customer together. So there's a lot of, hap a lot of things happening and you have to do it. And combine that, integrate it, and work together with great people uh, to, to accelerate it and get it, get it um, yeah, running, rolling, doing there for a good business. Right. Um, and you're, you're at Havoc Lloyd right now. And, um, you know, actually, let's, let's maybe dive a little bit deeper into, into, you know, what because you've been there already for three years now, you know, some, for some of the things that you can share with us in regards to successes, right? But before we dive into that, right, I want to know, how come, how come did you start it with, with Habeck Lloyd, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why did you join the company uh, mm -hmm. in a sense? And um, that's maybe kind of as the mm -hmm. first starting question here. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. So I, I, I decided to go to Habeck Lloyd because therefore it, uh, the chief digital role uh, was a bit different than to other companies because um, it was not a pure technology game and it was also not a pure strategy game. Uh, and therefore, from my experience the last 20 years, this kind of reinvention, business transformation, uh, innovation stuff, that's not, as you mentioned that also, uh, and more in people, um, it's not a technology game or it's not a strategy game. It's working and using enabling technologies and using uh, modern strategies. But uh, a big cornerstone is also being the sales side, the business side, having an impact on the customer and on the employees. And therefore, I've seen that the role at Hapagloid is located in sales uh, and therefore also at the CEO, uh, the chief executive officer unit. And therefore, um, you have the strength, the power and the sales and the business on your side. And as I mentioned before, the core business, you can improve and reinvent the core business. And that makes an impact because if you only change some technology parts or have a strategy lighthouse uh, uh, project, that's fine, that's good, but you are not changing the core. You are not changing the incremental business improvements and so on. So that's why I uh, chose Hapag Lloyd because they were a bit different than to other um, chief digital roles uh, in different industries and markets. Right. Yeah, that sounds uh, very logical, um, especially, I mean, if you're very close to the CEO and, and, and you're really, let's say, able to change and, and have a more deeper impact on, you know, on the core business. And that that's, uh, definitely makes, makes it uh, easier to, um, or not easier, but let's say st more strategic to kind of, um, you know, uh, approach approach, let's say, <laughs> and implementing new things within the core. And yeah, you, you have a direct impact on your core business. You can boost your core business because, uh, as I mentioned uh, very often, I see a lot of corporates in, in, globally um, that they haven't done their homework. Their homework on sales, their homework on marketing, their homework on HR, on uh, IT, uh, on finance. There are so many homeworks to do, like automation, accelerating business, implementing new digital marketing methods, implementing consultative selling methods, or on the IT side, multi-cloud computing or random forest ADA boost algorithms uh, to boost your sales, to boost your marketing. 
and uh, to integrate it into automated uh, uh, selling machines. And therefore, there are so many common technologies in, in some other, other industries still existing for 5, 10, 15 years. And there are still some companies, uh, a lot of companies in the market, I see they have to do their homework. It's not about reinventing the wheel new. It's just uh, using the existing stuff, which are sometimes five, 10 years existing on the market and proven that this will uh, boost your business. Right. Yeah. So maybe, maybe let's um, then talk about a little bit more in detail, you know, because it's, it's, you've been there already for three years now. Let's talk a little bit maybe about, you know, in general, the things that, you know, some of the things that you can share with us that you, that, you know, that you've achieved mm -hmm. here. Some of the things that you've established, you know, what was it like when you joined, right? And 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 you know, how mm -hmm, you, mm -hmm. you approach this challenge, basically, right? So probably interesting for the group. It, it differs. There are so many uh, different uh, stories, success stories, and uh, stories to learn from. Um, but I started at Hypergloid with three colleagues. Um, so uh, you don't need a big uh, budget, large budgets, or large amount of colleagues. Um, you need the right methods and the experience to start with and starting with a digital product to make it easier for the customers to book for example containers online but also to have uh, for example automatic uh, email distribution if a customer has uh, uh, wrote you a request and mentioned okay I, I probably do you have some some quote for me um, and doing automatic um, email follow-ups on the customer so right. after a couple of days the customer will receive an automatic, fully automatic email. Dear customer, 15, 15 days ago, you have requested something. Is everything okay? Do you have some questions? Here's the link to your key account. Here's the button for uh, ordering online. This fully automatic. Um, and that's based on the different stages of the customer in the funnel. That's really standard marketing, customer funnel, uh, customer acquisition and email automation, so to say. Uh, and if this is not in place in your company, you have to hurry up and do that stuff because that's increasing your sales and your conversion rates and your customer connection. So that's not a hocus pocus Harry Potter thing. That's just that's just doing the thing uh, and improve and boost your business on that side. And uh, if you do that globally, then um, it, it will accelerate also your business. Okay, so... Mm, how would you how would you describe kind of the status quo for the industry for Hapek, right? In regards to digital, I mean, it's a, a very resource intensive, <laughs> very resource intensive business as well. Um, yeah. You know, um, margins are very very let's say important, right? Um, so, um, how how would you describe that kind of the status quo there? So so normally you would you you would think that shipping and logistics it's uh, complicated industry it's uh, way behind industry so i hear that sometimes that for example pharmacy or medical area as we know that or shipping and logistics is a bit behind the e-commerce area because e-commerce uh, is so uh, uh, digitalized and so uh, innovative but on the other side we need to take into consideration that uh, shipping and logistics or the healthcare in the hospital you have a much more complex process. You have multiple partners where you have to work with. Um, if you have hundreds of ports uh, in shipping where a container needs to go from A to B, you have hundreds of partners where you have to work with, uh, and therefore you have hundreds of multiplied endpoints and processes which you need to streamline. 
So, and therefore, this digital transformation that's a bit takes a bit more time to to digitalize uh, certain documentations, uh, transport documentations over the different industries with the different regulations and so on. So that takes more time than to digitalize uh, some some easier e-commerce selling a product online business. So. Let's let's talk about the obvious then. Uh, this year has been has been really let's say you know um, special and, and and very very let's say change uh, changing and, and and difficult also for um, for for let's say everybody um, you know no matter where you live uh, no no matter what country you're from mm -hmm. you know no matter the industry that you're operating with. Uh, and then what we see is there's uh, really let's say you know differences in regards to how. How this is impacting uh, industries, right? So, I mean, if we look at the, we look at the large tech companies, right, in regards to how their, you know, how how their business is being affected, right, uh, to uh, versus let's say different sectors, different industries, and different, you know, different um, companies there. Basically, it is it is really interesting to see that, right? So, um, mm -hmm. maybe let's let's get your take on this, right? So, uh, kind of maybe for yeah for for the industry that that you are in right now. As well as what what do you think um, you know in general organization wide right what do you what do you think are the you know the the long term impacts for this? Yeah, I, I think that's that's an interesting question because uh, on the one side we know all that uh, COVID situation and all the impacts on the different industries, and uh, we are very lucky uh, what we have published uh, a couple of weeks ago our uh, results so far the way, so they were quite good. Uh, and so we can really be happy uh, about the progress, happy about the customer uh, getting uh, containers from A to B, even through to some some restrictions and COVID and so on. But therefore, we can also be a bit proud that we have all done a, a good job on that side. But looking also forward into the future, we could never know how this will uh, progress. Um, but also, as also our board uh, announced uh, that... Uh, Outlook is uh, therefore okay and promising, um, but also if we look at the industry itself or also at other industries, um, we have to realize that uh, some things you can control and you need to control it or to digitalize something, you get uh, closer contact to your customers, help your customer also in uh, uh, different situations, but on some things you could not change that. If you look for sometimes some reasons now at the restaurants, for example, uh, you can do only the home delivery, uh, but otherwise, if that's not uh, sufficient enough for your restaurant business, then you have therefore also really a problem. You could not boost that uh, certainly more over the digital channel than uh, the over the la large platforms. Um, so, yeah. That's that's tough times, uh, but hopefully everybody is doing the best out of it, and uh, yeah, we are still ha ha all healthy and in a good mood. <laughs> yeah, I think I think um, uh, I, I totally agree with you. Um, so it could it, it can always be worse, right? And and um, there's uh, especially from a Western perspective, right? It's 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 quite difficult to to um, yeah to kind of. Um, yeah, think that that uh, that you know that you're really in a in a really bad position, right? But ultimately, mm -hmm. you know, if you look at other places, it it can always be worse, and it is definitely worse. So, um, I mean, and therefore, I also believe that you know I think this comment that we're all still healthy and and you know 
most of us are doing doing very good you know still and and um it's a very very uh, yeah important statement i think um let's maybe kind of as a as a as a last topic more or less um um let's take a more more uh, yeah a view away from from the typical corporate perspective right and and kind of look on on, on differences that we see between you know i already mentioned it a little bit you know in regards to tech companies for example but let's say if we if we take a european perspective right on on on, on this whole let's say digital digital uh, part and let's say you know um the, the what it what it means for for europe if we compare it basically to the activities in in china to let's say you know the things that are happening in the us obviously right now with the you know with the elections uh, you know, also kind of a guessing game, what's going to happen there. But mm -hmm. the recent years, and I also had a lot of discussions on this, is kind of like, you know, what is kind of the role of Europe um, in this whole thing, right? What is it like, you know, you know it's, it's obviously very clear what Europe, what Europe is good at, right? And what, what the, where the strengths lie. But, um, you know, in regards to all the, you know, all the things that are coming, you know, all the, all these opportunities as well in regards to the future that are, let's say, um, from from new technologies, new 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 let's say, the, uh, application on fields and kind of combining domain knowledge with with new technologies, right? Um, mm -hmm. Massive values, like for example, if, if we take the field of you know biology and medicine, if, if we if we just look at what's happening there, combining you know this this deep knowledge there with with machine learning methods, right? It's 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 really great, right? So kind of how do you see what's your take on this right and in regards to europe right now on if you compare that basically to the role of, of, of china and, and, and the us as well mm -hmm. so from my, from my point of view the future perspective is if you look a bit into the future there are certain uh, enabling technologies and innovation coming up like as, as mentioned the voice agents general ai or augmented reality we, we know that with sustainability and the different kind of uh, new things coming up but from a global perspective uh, it's clear um, we see um, all the benefits the different cultures and that's that's really the, the the great part to to work and collaborate also with colleagues from middle east or from asia or from africa canada us latin america with all their differences and uh, all their local insights and the cool spirit working together, that's helping in, in all different fields of, of artificial intelligence or in, in technology or marketing or sales, because some, some stuff, uh, for example, with, with financial payment methods and so on, that's sometimes much easier and faster to learn from Middle East, from Saudi Arabia or from Latin America, uh, um, and also Europe can learn from that because they are sometimes much faster in adapting such uh, uh, financial uh, systems and uh, regulations and also in the implementations and vice versa. Whether otherwise uh, in Europe, some, some stuff's uh, um, technologies are very fast developing as we saw that currently also with our um, um, uh, GDPR regulations uh, and also in the healthcare area with the adoption uh, that also the medical prescriptions of apps, uh, of healthcare apps uh, for certain uh, um, 
stress patients or pain patients and so on. So that's also progressing where other um, industries and other countries uh, can, can learn from that, especially also the US to see uh, how the healthcare system and so on is working in Europe uh, or in Germany. Um, so vice versa, that's, that's really um, benefiting from each other. Or if we look at Norway, for example, that's also quite good progressing here in that area. And on the other side, also, if we learn from our colleagues from Tencent or from Alibaba with their machine learning groups, uh, that's, that's also awesome to see and to, to collaborate with them, learn from them and share the results again. So that's why I think it's really a, a cross-collaboration and industry, uh, cross-industry um, working here. And I'm, I'm really gr glad to have that uh, network and working such on a such broad scale um, globally working together with customers on the business side and um, with the different kind of uh, directions in marketing, sales, IT, HR, finance. So that's that's really a broad range to put that together. Mm -hmm. Can you, you just mentioned like, uh, you know, uh, you just mentioned that. Uh, can you maybe give some examples uh, from, from yourself, like where you, let's say you mentioned cross collaboration, mm -hmm. like also... You know. I think, for example, it, it's it's uh, you have a common working framework, for example, and you see you would like to boost your business, for example, um, and you have your common uh, monthly and 90 days planning, you have your goals, um, but uh, a specialty, for example, the Turkish colleagues know what's best uh, to, to achieve their goals in Turkey or in Pakistan or in Chile, in Latin America. And therefore, this is this local creativity which came then into place, you use a global framework, a global collaboration platform, working together from the different departments, but also give them the freedom, colleagues, um, to give their local creativity into the systems. Uh, because uh, um, as you can uh, uh, imagine, I'm not the big expert what's what's a best uh, sales uh, initiative now, right now, at the moment for the next month in Pakistan, for example. But the Pakistan colleagues, or in Italy, or in uh, Chile, the, or Japan, um, the colleagues knows best what fits currently to their current situation, what's with their local um, culture, local behavior, what's uh, in their current interest. And that you need to leverage top down and bottom up and pull that together. And then you have a cool creative mix uh, of, of best of both worlds, so to say, in a, in a, in a simple uh, sales activity, for example. I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think, I think this is what, what you know, I, I also had a really interesting conversation there. And it was basically also kind of, you know, his opinion on, on the, the future in regards to that is more and more basically collaborations, right? More partnerships, right? To better understand of, okay, so where, where, what are different perspectives, right? And, and I think you, you gave right. a per perfect example here, you know, because... And, and also important to integrate that uh, because you have, a, you have a cool local sales initiative, but then you can boost that through the collaboration also then in line with marketing, with digital marketing supported probably sometimes also with technology solution and then you see the different things come together and that's then that's why you have called that sometimes exponential growth exponential sales if you put the different departments closer together and they are all they are all together on the same side and also then the different countries can help each other and so on share learnings together share the, the customer experience work closer with the customer together that's really accelerating your business.
Hey, um, Ralf, it was really interesting having you on the show. Um, thanks, thanks for thanks for taking part in this. Um, I really really enjoyed this conversation, and uh, let's definitely you know keep in touch. Thank you very much. It was a great time, and looking forward to the next one.